Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Table Talk, your healthy theological radio addiction. Our Lord Jesus Christ says in Matthew 10, which, of course, is the gospel reading in the three-year series for the third Sunday after Pentecost, which is proper seven, Jesus says that persecution is coming. And I'm just going to quote verse 23, which is part of the gospel reading for um, June 21st. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly, I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. Now, here's the kicker. If they have called the master of the house, namely Jesus, Beelzebub, which they did, how much more will they malign those of his household? Brothers and sisters, I don't want you to misunderstand why we're talking about the Supreme Court decision on June 15th. This, this, is, more than politi- this is more than just a political discussion. This is a, this is a profound theological discussion that we're having here today that most people in the United States are wouldn't even begin to think about, let alone understand. So it's time for us as faithful Christian pastors, Lutheran pastors in the United States, to help people in the United States, no matter who they are, where they're at, what denomination they belong to, to understand theologically what we are dealing with here. We are dealing with human beings like I'm talking about the ones, well, six human beings who wear black robes in Washington, D.C., who think they're gods, infallible deities, and call, I mean, I'm, I'm quoting the satanic lie in Genesis 3, they actually believe that what God calls good, namely marriage between a man and a woman and gender being gender. I mean, people who are genetically male are male. People who are genetically female are female. But but let's believe science, we've been told, with regard to the pandemic. Believe science. Well, science overwhelmingly tells us that if if you're genetically a male, you're a man. And if you're genetically a female, you're a female. So my point is, is we have six black robed pretend divinities who have called what God calls good, they've called it evil. And they've set it up. They've set they've set the stage or they continue to promote the false lie of what it means to be a human being. Uh, We have to learn, brothers and sisters, to be a human being is first and foremost to live by faith. And to live by faith means to trust God and to trust his word. For example, Genesis 1, Genesis 2. He made them male and female. Genesis 2, he created Eve from Adam's side. At last, Adam said, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And what God instituted, holy marriage there between a man and a woman, that's very good. Okay, This is what we're dealing with. So anyone who will not live by faith, namely trusting in what God has given in creation for our good and call it evil, this is a satanic lie. The, 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 uh, the theological language is enthusiasm. Literally, God within us. You shall be as God, God uh, Satan told Adam and Eve. And so these six pretend divinity black-robed people on June 15th, 2020, are little pretend divinities who are pushing a religion. And I'm going to repeat this until I'm blue in the face, brothers and sisters. This, I'm gonna, we are not doing politics here today on this show. It is a full-blown, profound theological discussion. The June 15th Supreme Court decision in the year 2020 of our Lord 
is a pure, raw, you shall be as God lie. And it is a false religion. And brothers and sisters, you'd better pay attention to it. And therefore, because Christians will say no to this, we will live by faith. We will trust God and trust his word. Just be prepared, as Jesus says in Matthew 10, I'm sending you as sheep among the wolves, and they're going to hand you over. But don't worry, because the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. And believe me, brothers and sisters, you people who have been catechized, you who know your scriptures, when they bring you before the authorities and tell you, you renounce this Jesus, you will say, I will not. I will not. You'll be like Polycarp in the, in the early church, and you'll say, my Lord Jesus Christ has taken care of me all of my life. I'm not going to betray him now. No way. And then they'll say, light up the torch. But nonetheless, we trust the Lord, even in death, because Jesus has conquered death. So I'm going to give everybody one more chance to hear what Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy said so you understand that this is not political gamemanship that we're doing here. It is a profound theological discussion. Justice Kennedy said in 1992 in the Planned Parenthood versus Casey majority opinion, he said, at the heart of liberty is the right to define one's own concept of existence, of meaning, of the universe, and of the mystery of human life. That is a false religion. It is the false religion of Genesis 3. Folks, get ready, because that false religion is bearing its teeth. So just a practical question for you, Pastor Kuhlman. As Christians uh, and as citizens uh, in those different vocations uh, that we understand from the table of duties and whatnot, how would we as Christians address this? I'm thinking specifically when Paul and Barnabas were arrested in Philippi and they were beaten and thrown in prison overnight, they made the magistrates come out there and apologize to them before they left because they had violated their own law and mistreated these people. So as Christians living today dealing with this, what are some practical things that we actually can do to work through the system to fight against this so that we are fulfilling our vocation as Christians and as citizens? You follow your vocation as citizen. So if your rights as a citizen have been violated, you hire a lawyer. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you hire a lawyer. There are, many, there are many law firms in the United States who will do bona fide work for you. If you're wronged as a Christian, if, you're, if your rights are violated as a Christian, they will come and help you and do it for free. Hire a lawyer and, and pray to God that he will use the law in the case to, uh, what's the right word? Uh, so that you're vindicated, if you will. Pray to God that he will give you a judge that will use the law in the way it's intended to do and not violate your rights. Pray that God, that the jury that hears your case will see the case properly and vindicate you. And if it doesn't happen, then you suffer it and you lament. And when you lament, you don't complain and use the B word. <laughs> you know, that's not what lament is in the scripture. You just simply tell God what the issue is. He knows. But you tell him what the issue is. Read the Psalms. You'll find this in the laments. Why, oh Lord? Why is this happening to me? I trust in you. Why? And then how does the lament end? But I trust you because here's one of the reasons we trust him. In this particular case, we trust that God has instituted earthly authority for our good and he won't abandon it. He's created it, and he's going to keep it going until the end of the world. Now, there are many people who violate their vocations in civil government, but there are many who don't. And so we pray to God in our lament that he will continue to providentially care for us through the civil authorities. Okay? You vote. 
you talk, you pray. Use every lawful mean and every faithful means according to God's word. Responsive prayer, too, has the line, and I just I kept repeating this over and over last night as I went to bed. Uh, Lord, keep this nation under your care right. and guide us in the way of justice, justice. and truth. Right. I think, I think, Adam, to piggyback on what Clint just said, uh, you know, Ken Corby, who was, a, who was a father confessor to me and uh, a great teacher to me in the faith, who's now in heaven waiting for the resurrection of the body. He served an inner city congregation in Chicago called Chatham Hills, or Chatham Fields, pardon me. And I'll never forget him telling me one time, he said, you know, Brent, you, you want to know why Chicago is in such a mess that it is, why the daily family is so corrupt and why things don't change in Chicago? He said, because Christians don't pray for justice, true justice. We don't pray to God to give us leaders who will bring true justice. He said, that's our problem. We don't pray. We say, we'll say, I'll pray for you, and then we never pray. Well, and we also have false gods. Um, you know, this, this case has been on the docket for months, and yet most people, certainly most Christians, were completely blindsided by the June 15th Supreme Court ruling. I think many Christians have fallen into the trap that as long as we can elect a president who will appoint so-called conservative Supreme Court justices, we are safe. And so we saw what happened with the Kavanaugh proceedings, and we saw everyone come out of the woodwork and attack this man unjustly, and the conservatives, the Christians, the moralists won because he was put on the Supreme Court. And now nothing else matters because our God is our politics, our God is our Supreme Court. And then yesterday, not only was the shock that the ruling came out the way it did, but the shock was the vote was six to three. It wasn't even close. That's a good point. So, so help me out here. This is a, have, this have, is I, really have I analyzed that correctly, or am I barking up the wrong tree? Well, this piggybacks on Adam's question, and, and this, is, this is so excellent. Go ahead. You were going to say Well, I was going to say, I mean, I think there's one of our challenges that I've noticed this year. Who is our leader? Who's the judge that God has raised up to help direct our battle against these things that are going on? I, I don't know who it is. And I don't know that anybody's willing to step in the shoes and be brave enough to do that sort well, of the, thing. Well, and, and we need to pray for that as well. The temptation, and I think Clint was driving at this, the temptation for all of us is to trust in princes for salvation. And we commit idolatry when we make politics or a certain political figure into an idol. And I think that's why maybe we were so shocked. Because we, we, had, we had made uh, certain people our idols, our saviors. And that's, that's a good point. We have to watch out for this. So, so the Christian is always learning uh, that God's, God's the one in control. You, you can't trust in princes. And he can use all kinds of people to get his job done. So don't despair, folks. We, we've been doing this, honestly, let's, let's, let's just say it. We've been doing this in uh, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, uh, as a church for 75 years. 
We don't teach theology. We don't teach the Bible. We don't teach the catechism as we should. We work really, really hard to get the right political person elected, and then we sit back and let them do their thing. We have created this mess in our church, and now it has extended into our political life. And uh, how many times haven't I heard someone say, well, you know, I don't really like our president, and I, I can't believe that I'm going to vote for him, but he will appoint a pro-life Supreme Court justice, and that's all that matters. So in the name of God's word, we have really perverted God's word and become idolaters. That's always the danger for all of us, no matter who we are. I mean, that's my problem as a sinner living in Adam, apart from Christ. (laughs) So, So... I think, you know, Adam asked the practical question. I think the first thing we need to do is we need to repent of our idolatry. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And, and ask ourselves, what idols do we truly have? And then as we repent of our idolatry, then it will become more clear what things we can do in our vocation. And the, the word of God that just keeps resounding in my head is we must obey God rather than man. And we need to teach the truth of God's word. The reason why we say that um, homosexuality or cohabitation or any other sin is sin is so that the blood of Jesus can flow over that sin and forgiveness, life, and salvation can be there. That is the greatest love in the whole world. And we need to be able to articulate like we've never done before what the gospel is and why the gospel is so important in these days and in these times that's my thought well that's that's profound because we've talked about this before and this is part of the reason this program exists is not to one-up people but to simply say where there's sin repent and receive christ's forgiveness and now let's lead a holy life according to god's word and that's what we're trying to do with people thanks everybody for listening in the meantime stay lutheran my friends